Welcome to the start of another great week here on Brit David Podcast. We are glad that you have chosen to join us as Pastor Tim brings us a message from Luke chapter 12, verses 49 through 53, entitled The Great Divider. On the surface, today's passage seems very difficult because we associate Jesus with love, peace, reconciliation, unity, and the like. Yet, we get to hear Jesus say, nope, I can bring division. We need more than a casual glance at this passage. So let's get into it. Here's Pastor Tim. Hope you have your Bible. If you'll take it, turn with me to Luke chapter number 12. Luke chapter number 12. We've been working our way verse by verse, phrase by phrase through this incredible, incredible book about Jesus's life. Some of those places that we've come to have been places that have been very familiar. Uh, Some of those have been deeply encouraging. Many of those have been places where we hang our hat of faith, so to speak. Today's not one of those. Today is a difficult passage. In fact, when we read through that passage today, somebody's going to say, that's in the Bible? You mean Jesus really said that? You know? So hang in there with me. It's in there. for a good, good reason. Abraham Lincoln was referred to as the great unifier when America was so divided about ideologies and embattled in civil war. He was determined to keep our nation together. And because of his leadership, all of that prevailed and we have really earned the right to be called the United States of America. There have been a number of people since Abraham Lincoln who have wanted to have that title. Some politicians, many celebrities and entertainers who also want to be referred to as the great unifier. But if I look down through the course of history, the one person that I would look at and say, who is the great unifier? It has to be Jesus. And yet we come to our passage today and Jesus says exactly the opposite. Instead of being the great unifier, what we discover about Jesus is he says it of himself that he would carry the title, the great divider. I want you to see what, what I mean by that and what he means by that. I mean, we would, we would assume that he's the great unifier because he's called the Prince of Peace. 
You know, it's not going to be too long before we celebrate His birth and we're reminded that the angels sang about peace on earth and goodwill toward men. And yet Jesus says that He has come to divide. Let's, uh, if you're there in that passage, Luke chapter number 12, we're going to pick up our reading today in verse number 49. Jesus is speaking. He says, I came to send fire on the earth. And how I wish it were already kindled, but I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how distressed I am till it is accomplished. Do you suppose that I came to give peace on earth? I tell you not at all, but rather division. For from now on, five in one house will be divided, three against two and two against three. Father will be divided against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, Mother mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. It's surprising when you read words like that, isn't it? We come to a point and we think, well, Jesus wouldn't say something like that. Surely that's not exactly what he means. I want you to know right here at the very beginning, that's exactly what he means. And then we get to dig into this passage and try to be able to find those hooks of faith whereby I say, this passage matters to me. This passage matters to our world. It matters that it's in the Word of God. In fact, there are three specific truths that I want you to see out of this passage today. If you'll go back with me to verse number 51... You hear there Jesus asking a question. And his question is simply this. Do you suppose that I came to give peace on earth? Well, the obvious answer, both to us and to the people who are listening to Jesus say this for the very first time is, is yes. Yeah, yes. I mean, that's, that is precisely what I expect. You are the Prince of Peace. I mean, the the Bible itself fills us with anticipation that when Christ comes, when Messiah comes, that He would bring peace. Consider some of these things. King Solomon, the wisest man in all of the earth, says in his days, in Messiah's days, he says the righteous shall flourish and abundance of peace. There's to be an abundance of peace when Messiah comes. Jesus told both the harlot in Luke chapter 7 and the hemorrhaging woman in Luke chapter 8. To one he says, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. To the other he says, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. The thing that draws them together is go in peace. That he is there to give out peace, to dole out peace. To people. In fact, in John chapter 14, he says to his disciples, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. He explains it even further just a couple of chapters later. Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. Then Paul sits down at his table and begins to write what is one of my favorite passages on this, on this point. Paul writes and says not just that Jesus is the giver of peace. He says specifically in Ephesians chapter 2, For He Himself, Jesus Himself, is our peace. 
So do I suppose that he has come to give peace? Yes, that's exactly what I suppose. But here comes the problem. Jesus is not the great unifier. He is the great divider. And the great dividing person is Christ. How how can that be? How can he say so many things about peace and unity and then say that he has come to bring division? The problem is in the people's expectation. Think about this for a moment. Zechariah is the father of John the Baptist. When Zechariah was finally, his tongue was loosed and he was able to speak, gave this very long uh, praise and, and, uh, and, and prophecy concerning Messiah. And at the very end of that passage, he said that Messiah would do this. He said, he will guide our feet in the way of peace. Well, okay. That's kind of, I mean, that's kind of what I expected. I expected when he comes, if he's the bringer of peace, that he's going to guide me into peace. But as those Jews are listening to Zechariah speak, what they heard was not the truth of what he meant. What they heard was what they wanted to hear. What they heard could be wrapped up in what Zechariah said just a few verses earlier. Listen to this carefully. He said the Messiah would grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, they thought that the peace that Jesus was bringing was that kind of peace. They thought that he was bringing a national peace. They were expecting a messianic warrior who would subdue their enemies release them from military threats. They expected to be delivered from political oppression. That's what they thought the Messiah was bringing. They expected a messianic warrior and what they got was a messianic lamb. One who would sacrifice himself and not exalt himself. One that would not bring peace through military effort but one who would bring peace because he is peace. And he would bring it through the relationship that we have with him. By the way, Tuesday is election day. And I think as believers that we have a duty before God to be involved in that process and that we go and we cast those votes. It's an important election. Yeah, I know it's a midterm election, but it's important. I want to say this to you. No matter how that election turns out, peace is not going to come out of Washington or Atlanta or downtown Columbus. And I can tell you why. Because national or regional or civic peace is still based on individual personal peace. And until God's people have peace with God, they are not going to be able to bring peace to a group of people who don't believe in God and who don't trust God. It's just not going to happen. You can't, I mean, listen, even today, we see it today, that, that even unbelievers still want peace. They want peace in their home. They want peace on their job. They want peace personally. They want, they want peace. 
<laughs> you know, some of them just want peace and quiet, but they, they want peace, right? And so maybe they find the verse in Philippians chapter 4 where it talks about the peace of God that surpasses all understanding or that defies explanation. You've seen those people, right? They're in the midst of circumstances that you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy. And yet they have a peace that is marvelous. Every person I know wants that kind of peace. But here's the clue. You can't have peace of God until you have peace with God. Until God and sinners be reconciled, there will be and can be no reconciliation, no peace, no unity between people themselves. We will always be at odds with one another. Israel had no love for her Messiah. Israel had no desire for the King of Kings kingdom. They had no interest in his salvation. They had no sense of need for his mercy and for his grace. They, they didn't even want his forgiveness. They simply wanted was his power. So Jesus sits in a seat of rejection. The only time that they will muster even a moment of unity it's when they murder their Messiah together. The offer of peace is off the table for those who reject Christ. The great dividing person is Christ. It's not Caesar. It's not the president. It's not your boss. It's not your worst enemy. The great dividing person is Christ. This is a passage of warning. It's a passage of warning. What we've seen throughout chapter number 12 is an invitation. An invitation that Jesus gives to all peoples everywhere that they could come to Him and have genuine relationship with Him. But we get to verse number 49. It's a warning. And the warnings from this point forward are simply going to increase. You're going to find Jesus saying things like this over the course of the next just few months before He gets to the cross. At the end of this chapter, he's going to finish a parable and he warns them saying, I tell you, you shall not depart from there till you have paid the very last cent. It's a warning. It's a warning from Jesus that this judgment, this division is real and it is going to take place. In the next chapter, he's going to say, unless you repent... You will all likewise perish. In that same chapter, he's going to, it's still talking about a parable. He's going to say, if it bears fruit, if this tree bears fruit, well. But if not, after that, you can cut it down. He's going to say further in that same chapter, strive to enter through the narrow gate. 
For many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. He's talking to some of those people that are listening to him right now. Right now, those same people who reject him, he's going to say, you need to enter into that narrow gate. A bunch of you are going to want to. And not many of you are going to be able to. Then he says this in that 13th chapter. See... Your house is left to you desolate. I saw in the news this morning where another tornado had hit another part of our country. When you watch those elements on the news, they always go to an area where the tornado has touched down, has hit homes, and just sent timbers like splinters all over the area. You, you, you look at it and you just wonder, man, how, how, does any, how, how did anybody ever even live in that? How was that ever even a house? We look at those things on the news. And we weep for the people who've lost their homes. When Jesus says, see, your house is left, he's not talking about bricks and mortar, is he? He's not talking about shingles. He's not talking about windows or doors. He's talking about your life. And everything that your life encompasses. And the warning is this. You have left your house desolate. In the 14th chapter, Jesus says, For I say to you, That none of those men, this is a part of a parable, none of those men who were invited will taste of my supper. That should hit them hard. Because through the 11th chapter, throughout this 12th chapter, it has continually been an invitation from the Lord to join His family. And they have refused Him over and over and over again. Listen, truth be told, many of you have been invited to be a part of His family. And you too have refused over and over and over again for many of the very same reasons that they would have. And now He says the time for invitation is going to one day come to an end. And he divides them. Believers from unbelievers. As he'll say later, sheep from goats. And so he asks the question that we think that we know the answer to. Do you suppose that I have come to bring peace on earth? I tell you not, not at all. But division. The great dividing person is Christ. Join us tomorrow as Pastor Tim continues his message from Luke chapter 12, verses 49 through 53, entitled, The Great Divider. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Rit David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here 
on Brit David Podcast.